podcast of 2013 uh it's a new year and uh i'm dying i've had a bad cold i love how i say i'm dying and all of my loved ones laugh at me where are they uh, <laughs> you know uh get better get well soon get well soon maybe we should get well hey i'm sorry i'm confused that was a hell of a segue though Really was. Um, oh, today we have Mary. She's actually with us. Hi, I was home today and I listened to the album with them, so I figured, hey, why not? That's right. She is a member. We value her opinion. She writes things. She has good words. Words. Th- th- words this words. is how. This is my best introduction I have for her. So just deal. <laughs> All you these. can you can tell how much thought he puts into my presence. <laughs> well, you can verbal, tell how much thought he puts into presence. anything. <laughs> um, we have, actually have a lot planned for 2013. There are a bunch of big albums coming out, including in March, um, Low and They Might Be Giants, which we're looking forward to hopefully doing on the podcast as well. A few weeks no. we got, no, less than a few weeks, probably only two weeks at most, uh, we got Dropkick Murphys. Right, their new album as well. And um, we have uh, Trey, the third album in the Green Day Monstrosity, I mean no. uh, Trilogy. Have fun. <laughs> hey, a, a sharp chill just came Who over knows? There. That, that... That album, the third album, in order to make up for the last two pieces of crap, is well, going to have to be six out of five stars. Yeah, I'd even tack on a couple more. Yeah. I'd, like It's, it's simply just, not possible I'm, for people to be that good. I'm really sad about Green Day. Because I listen to you guys, and I see how broken you are after you listen to the albums. I'm just like, that makes me so sad. Because I love Green Day. Who doesn't love Green Day? Exactly. Me. Communists. Me. I don't love Green Day. <laughs> communists I don't, don't even love like Green, Green Day. Day. So Steve is a communist. Yes, we've already determined that. Okay. Yes. Um, it's equally insulting. <laughs> I don't like any of this. If I love, is that the choice? If I'm, if I don't like Green Day, I'm a communist. Well, Green if Day. If I'm a communist, if I'm not a communist, forget this. Forget no, no. This. Let's move on. From it's this. Green Day. It's the Muppets, and uh, what was the third no, Steve one? Steve likes the Muppets. Steve no, no, no. I mean, if you, if you do not like, the, I forget what the third one is. But if you don't oh, like pudding, one of these three right. things, pudding. Yes. If you don't like one of those three things, you're a communist. So I will not put Green Day in the same category as Muppets and pudding, and candy canes and bubble. Ah, we got. We gotta move on from this. I'm just getting more angry. <laughs> anyway, today's album that we're reviewing is Steve's pick. It's uh, Mogwai's latest. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, the Ish. album title. Ish. Ish. It's a remix album. But it's, it should be said, but, it's but the, it is Mogwai songs. It's Mogwai's newest release. Yes, they are releasing And it. the album title is A Wretched Viral Lore. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. This is because I'm dying. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was an interesting album. It actually was not in the same sequential order as the original album. Uh, it also did not have all the same songs being remixed. In fact, there was one duplicate. Rhino Pano had two remixes. It. I, I think I'm the only one here who actually listened to both albums. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know the way your ears are bleeding. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a good thing. Let's get into this. So track one was uh, George Square Thatcher Death Party, which really and if that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does. It's George the Square Thatcher Death Party. <laughs> That's yes. how I hear it. I don't. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a shape. Square. I don't think that's his middle name. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I, I mean, I don't know. Who, what celebrity named their daughter Apple? Somebody. Uh, that was Snooky. So the uh, really? family. No, 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 no not Snooky. Uh, uh, was it Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. Maybe. 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 I think it was Gwyneth. Why do you totally all turn to me this for up. this? Well, because it's you're... because I'm the girl. Yes, a little bit, a little bit. We're bit. really bad at uh, well-known who celebrities. Who had whose baby? I'm the like only the weird baby. This. The only weird baby name <laughs> I know. better at this than I am. Is Robin Williams named his daughter Zelda? <coughs> that's not weird. No, that's not weird that's at right. all. He loves the game, and 
I do too. And I, can right. I, I should have remembered Matt. And is he's the Robin Williams. Pop culture whore. Exactly. Yeah, but I still, I, I most of my pop culture still revolves around intelligence to a point, and stupid baby names <laughs> is not one of them. Intelligence to a fault. <laughs> That's fine. Anyway, George Square Thatcher Death Party, an excellent layering and soundscaping experience, but emotional, emotionless and listless. It's definitely listless. Um, you know, to be honest, you said you also listened to this a little bit on headphones, and I think this would have catered a little bit more to headphone listening, personally. No. Nope? <laughs> there were nope. plenty of instances nope. where I would nope. actually enjoyed it better on the speakers. Shoot me down like that? That's what you're going to No, I'm totally shooting no. you down on this. It was more interesting and more towards an ambient sort of feel, but it was not better. It was definitely not better on headphones. In fact, there were parts on the headphones I thoroughly detested, which were actually better when listening just through speakers. In this song in particular, or the whole album? Album in whole. Album as a whole. Uh, this song, I do not remember any distinctions between the headphones and, and the general uh, speaker listening. Okay, fair this enough. Well, this is the only song where I made that observation. This song theory. would have been a solid intro track <laughs> if it were the proper length of an intro track. The problem was that for an intro, it dragged on way too long. And by the end of it, I was I was over it already. Agreed. Actually, I think we're going to be repeating that a lot because yeah. there's almost every song here is just too long. We're also going to be repeating the word repetitive a lot. Yeah. There was. Yeah. I think uh, we're going to change it up. Formulaic. There was a mathematical pro- uh, progression in so many of these songs where one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four, four plus four equals eight, and one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. It was very. Can you prove that? Any of that? We need to cite that. I think. I'll find proof. All right, all right. I'm just saying, just, you know, keep keep it keep it real. Like we don't, we should not be saying anything that we should not be saying. No, we should be saying this. <laughs> it really was formulaic. It was, but, but there was good layering here, and there was progression within the sound. It just never culminated. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the word ambient because there's a lot of that going on here, but not entirely. I think it's bookended by ambient, to be honest. Uh, the first track here. Total ambience. But then right after that, it starts getting a lot busier. So this is the busy part of the album. And then it ends very, very ambient. And I think the ambient was actually the plus. Some people had certain certain detractors within that ambience, like the, uh, the distortion. That's a problem. When you have distortion over ambience, then you can't enjoy it in the same way. But in this first track, it was nothing purely that I detested. It was kind of just pure background noise. It was long, I agree with that. But it was just meant to be background noise. But I think that was my biggest problem with it, is that it was kind of nothing. It was just kind of there. It wasn't awful, but it was just kind of there. Next song, Fix That. Rano Pano. First well, half of it, I adored. First I remix did. of Rano Pano, I adored. <clears throat> yeah. This was... It was an 8-bit wet dream. Each, each, <laughs> each piece... It was. Each, each movement of this song was well-designed separately during the song and then layered and brought together extremely well in what you could refer to as the refrains of this song. Yeah, no, I would say this is the best, uh, the most well-composed track. And it built to this great crescendo about halfway through the track, and then it got so cluttered. And, and fell, it completely yeah. falls apart. It lost its progression. It actually had a goal it up until then. It started to make me feel anxious towards the end. Like, I started to be like, okay, where are we going now? going on well it was, I, I felt like it was I trying think, to I think it did, it, I think it did pick it up a little bit as far as i'm concerned this is in three sections the second section i i did not like that was the, full the of ending was clutter. great the ending really really was great that uh, didn't make me anxious in the slightest that was it's actually kind of a good melody i'm not sure how much it honestly had to do with the beginning of the song but it was good it was actually a good segment so as far as i'm concerned this is two-thirds good one-third bad but it is the best track on the album. And it was, no, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was, and there's no speaking. That's the one thing we got to preface with uh, with this. There's very, very little lyrical uh This is very exposition. much an instrumental album. Yes. Yeah. And not even instrumental. Very much synthesized. Uh, robots. <laughs> <laughs> very much a robot album. Beep boop, beep boop. Yeah, well, this is 8-bit. That's true. And it was, it was, I felt like it was an old-fashioned side-scrolling montage. It reminded me of Ninja Garden, yeah. Yeah, it was really, really upbeat. It was very fast-paced. It got my blood pumping. The year 2000. The year 2000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much a lot of that. Yes. It's yes. like, this is what the future used to be. 
it's an interesting thing. And once again, layering. These are the, the first two remix artists who we should have probably written down so we could cite them. Uh, really knew what they were doing with the layering and the soundscaping. You know, and then they had a lot more influence than simply... Uh, this is why they, I don't think they were listed as simply featuring. If it was featuring them, then it would just be a little bit of their influence. But I think they took a real big hand in this, more so than the band. Almost like a tribute. I haven't been able to figure out exactly well, most, whether that's the case Most or not. modern remix albums, <clears throat> if they're purely remix albums, the band doesn't have a hand in it. Usually they just take the original product and remix it. So that might be the case with this one. Now, Whereas the Korn album that we reviewed, it was Korn and these DJs. It wasn't yeah, just more those of a collaboration. DJs. Correct. Exactly. White Noise. Boring. Track three. Devoid of all the quality parts of the first two songs. I would like to say that after a while, I started to feel like I was listening to White Noise, so job well done. And I have to compare it to the original White Noise, and they butchered it. <laughs> this was... I could have done better on a laptop-oriented synthesizing machine. I know I could do better because they the same tones were played continuously throughout the song at different levels, and that's it. As far as I'm concerned, the worst part of the song was the singing and what they were using beneath the singing. <clears throat> it, like the, Whatever effect they were using to the voice, it was almost like a synthesized auto-tune without it actually being auto-tune. The same overlay, but not actually shifting pitch. And I didn't enjoy that at all. I thought that that's what I sort of started to dwell on after a while. and You got stuck. I got stuck there, and the rest of the music did not even leave an impression on me. And I really don't know what that robot voice was all about, because it was a full-fledged robot voice trying to sing along. It sounded like Gladys from... Uh, Portal. <coughs> and it was like Gladys got kicked in the balls and went higher-pitched. It was terrible. Gladys it, doesn't have balls. Metaphorically. It's not real to begin with. It's a robot on a computer game. So metaphorical balls. Woman. Metaphorical balls. <laughs> it's kind of silly. Moving on to the next track. We're for real. We're real people. We're, we're serious adults. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. How to be a werewolf. This song, the intro was way too long. And I literally wrote that many A's on my notes. Well, No, no. You had about four extra A's in that word. The intro was. I two wrote minutes. two Y's. I don't know if that matters. It's a little bit different. Two Y's, not 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 many A's. One A, many Y's. I I think you're wrong emphasis, wrong so long. But after the initial intro, I felt like it started to evolve more rapidly and very well. I felt it was layering well. It still had if that you two. Can... It was two and a half minutes before the song even started. <clears throat> no, no, no. It was about a minute before the song started. All these tracks are over four minutes long. Most of them are five to six minutes long. Uh, quite are... a number of them are seven to eight minutes long. And actually. one's 13. But... I, I'm honest, this, this really is my least favorite track on the entire album. I, I this There was not a good point to it. As far as I'm concerned, this song could have been condensed into one minute. Yeah. All of it. it. And if they had done that, it might have been a better song. It might have, because Actually, I could hear the progression, but it took so long to get to the next step. It's like, why, why walk when you can just take an elevator? Like, this is this is the problem here, and I know that elevating technology exists. I know I, I that... wouldn't even say that. This is like, why climb a mountain when you can just take an elevator? I mean, it ah, took so that even long. Even that long, yeah. There were four or five repetitions of the same notes, which could have been d cut down to one or two, uh, at least in half in length. And it would have been a it would have been a quality song. It really would have been. There was some guitar work interspersed in there that I really enjoyed towards the end of it, but seriously, not even close to redeeming the song itself. Yeah, no, this um, I don't have much to say on this to be honest. It's just. Yeah, what's the point in, in progressing a song if you just take forever to get there? Yeah, it was it was the actual... Yeah. I, I wrote down evolving and mutable. I mean, but it was like real evolution. It took thousands of years. Yeah, pro <laughs> progressing is about timing. It's not just about where you go compared to where you started off at. It is about timing. You have to sort of have things take you by surprise. This thing, everything's taking you by scrutinization. Like It's like, creeping up on you by ringing your doorbell, knocking on the door and announcing itself, and then slowly slinking in front of you and going, boo. There was nothing... Not your best advice. Not really gonna... <laughs> it wasn't no, really no, an I, analogy. I, I, I'm gonna defend that. I think I see where he was going with that. You know, in other words, you're not scared. You, right. The point was to scare you, well, I'm not scared. And the point was to make this a good quality song and... The point was for the progression to actually mean something, and I don't. I didn't feel feel anything after this. 
it really was this this probably should have been white noise actually and letters to metro next track this, this happened to be my favorite track on the record because <coughs> it was so 80s it was i mean we all immediately recognized it as this could have been in Beverly Hills Cop. Or 48 Hours. Or Lethal Weapon. Any the, of the 80s kind of cop movies. There were moments from Don't You Want Me by Human League. I have no idea what that means. I know what that means. It's an old 80s track. But yeah, it still supports don't, the 80s. Don't you want me. Oh, yes. Thank oh, you. and I do hear the... Yes. Well, cause it's Every this... time I heard it, I was like, are, are we listening to Human League now? What happened? This was... I wrote down... Word for word, best elements of dramatic 1980s movie music. Yeah. The best elements of it. Except, except, they kept too long. using the best elements too long. over yeah. and over and over. All the other tracks, eventually I got bored, because I just, I was ready to move on. No, and that's it, why I, I usually say, when it comes to any track on this album, that it has a great start. Because you're intrigued by the idea that they came up with. But the problem is that they, they're just too in love with their own ideas. They just want to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And this really does go back to the same problem that uh, our Flying Lotus had with Until the Quiet Comes. It's just one idea, one good solid idea does not work if it's repeated endlessly. I'll still defend, though, that at least this was more coherent and together than Flying Lotus. Oh, was. I agree with that. Leaps and bounds ahead. And here's, here's another issue, which I'd already seen in... White Noise and in George Square Thatcher, it was inconclusive. There was nothing, it just sort of tapered off without actually reaching any heights. Uh, I'll disagree with that only because you could see George Square Thatcher Death Party as, if you're seeing it as the intro track, then it does have a destination. And I thought that transitioned pretty well into Round of Panel. Oh yes, but in and of itself. Letters to Metro, no finale. It just sort of listlessly, once again, fell off the map because it just kept repeating itself, repeating itself. It brought you from point A to B, but you got to get to the end, and it never brought you to the end. Well, I see what you're saying, but only I just disagree that uh, an intro track doesn't necessarily have to come to an end. It well, almost no. is sort of... I will concede that. ...to be an ellipsis. Um, and then we get to my favorite part of the album. <coughs> Mexican Grand Prix. I like this song. I thought it was... Okay, I knew what he was going for here. Whoever was remixing this, I knew what they were going for. It was supposed to be artistic. It was supposed to be deep. It was supposed to be innovative and imaginative and all those other coin words. I think it achieved and some of that. I found it to be creepy, shallow, and really inconsequential for the album as a whole. Shallow was kind of a strong word. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I mean... This actually is a good example of repetition done well. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of a relative word. I mean, if you like something enough, you kind of want it to repeat. If, if it achieves something. And here I think it did. It was, um, Mary, you called it romantic. Yeah. You said that, that you perfect. had a problem with the whispered lyrics, but I felt that it added a level of romanticism to I the song. I only had an issue with the... I wouldn't quite call it distortion, but there was a muffled nature about those whispered lyrics where it felt like every single syllable was reaching the same pitch that was kind of coarse. And I'm not, I'm, I'm really not sure that that worked for it. I almost would have enjoyed a pure whisper. I felt like there was somebody at my keyhole of my door going, Hey, hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm looking at you. That's how creepy it felt to me. It was... New year, new analogies. No, it was... Uh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> not really. No, no, not I, at all. I'm not sorry at all. I actually, I see what you're saying, but I, I just, I'm making a distinction between the whisper and the effect. I enjoyed the whisper. I did not enjoy the effect. And the effect is subtle, but it's enough that it's jarring. It's akin to the same issues that you had in other tracks where the distortion got you. Now, this may not be distortion, but it's a similar kind of thing. If it, it, it's... It wears in you after a while. It's jarring. And while the repetition of the guitar was pretty, it wasn't five minutes pretty. No, see, actually, that I disagreed with 100%. Uh, the guitar was the perfect undertone for for the melody. <laughs> yeah, but it He didn't... took my pencil. <laughs> I know he did. That was my that pencil. <laughs> would you like to use I couldn't my enjoy pencil? it. Would that make you feel better? I would, thank you. Okay. I couldn't anyway. enjoy it. It was just a little bit too... So what we're saying in short is that John's wrong. 
Moving on. Giles, uh, thank no. you. Giles, he does have wrong. a rebuttal. John I want to hear an yeah. opinion. Opinions are not wrong. <clears throat> I tell that you know to what? John, who often says people are wrong. I'm just yeah, saying, because I know I'm right. I felt like that was a great minute of guitar work. Minute and a half that was just repeated ad nauseum. But this is uh, the point where I really do, Andrew, to say this is not the type of soundbite that wears in me very easily. Now, that is just me. It is just a matter of opinion and taste. But I think that if you take an objective viewpoint, an, object, an objective stance, that this song really does achieve something artistically by the repetition. It shows that it can be done. Yeah, I will give you that. Don't. But because of just pure guitar work with the singing I really dis- detested, I could not enjoy the guitar work for it itself. I felt like there should have been more. More of the guitar work. Like, the no, guitar work should have gone into something else. Maybe, but maybe an, another instrument coming in. Or something to complement it. I, I felt Perhaps like, you're right. That could have added to it. That but definitely alone, would've... the stripped-down version of it almost added to the romance. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for anything acoustic, so... Alright. Yeah. But, um... Moving on to probably the worst song on the entire <laughs> oh, album. Oh, God. I hated it this so This was much. a different remix of Rano Pano. It was horribly distorted. And I like distortion just like anybody else, you know, when used in a certain way. And this might just be my personal taste showing through. But the distortion was just jarring, obnoxious, and and it overtook the whole song. Wait, watch this. Watch this. Matt, I agree with you 100%. This was, once again... I am a guest. This was... This was... It could have been such a beautiful song if it was clean. It really could have been a beautiful song. Because I heard the clarity of the inst- of the of, of the tones and the instrumentation, but it was just messed with to too much of an extent. All right, let me put it this way: you're talking on and on and on about the, all three of you were talking about the distortion as, the, as that was the worst quality. I didn't say in anything. My, about in my opinion, uh, well, in my opinion, it was the rep- repetition, which I is is repetitive in itself <laughs> because. Yeah, I had my pencil back. How about that? Seriously, though, repetition is the biggest problem here, not the distortion. I think to some ears, to some audience out there, the distortion could actually be seen as uh, almost the same thing you'd get from, like, a live album. Like, okay, there's distortion there, but they can enjoy it because they enjoy that atmosphere. But in this case, I felt like the distortion overpowered the rest of it. That's all I could really focus on, especially when I heard it in and my, my headphones. My issue here is what rest of it. What rest? <laughs> seriously, like th- I, I don't was... think there was much else to the song, uh, and that's why it was probably I one heard, of my least favorites. I heard glimpses of something else in there, but I have to say it was even worse on my headphones. And that's this is something I, I this is why I'm saying that this album, I don't know if it can become better with with listening it to uh, in your headphones. Because mm. the distortion, I tried different settings on the equalizers. I fooled around with it. I tried to get rid of it. Did that not work. That is a problem work. when you need to tinker. Now, I, I accept that like, some things uh, playing around the equalizer can actually enhance it. But that's all to your own ears. There should be... If you're going to talk about proper mixing, it should be mixed to a level of satisfaction that caters to all forms. Bass, of treble, beta, vocals, bass, whatever treble, you want. And on any medium. If you're playing on the... A speaker the size of an auditorium, or if you're speaking, or little earbuds. You know, but it should be. This flexible. was this was really poor in my headphones, really yeah. poor. And he has good headphones. I can, uh, I can verify that. You can attest. I can attest. I didn't put him down for like an hour, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to track eight, San Pedro. This one I enjoyed so much because of two things. It was pretty, and it was really short compared to everything else in the album. It was like. Three and a half minutes. I literally wrote, I have nothing to say about this. It was a lot more, there was a lot of similarities in its composition to uh, How to Be a Werewolf. It evolved quickly as opposed to slowly. It layered very well. It created parts of the song separate and then brought them together. I liked it because it did, in fact, progress. When it comes to this song, the distortion... And there was distortion, a different type of distortion, that I feel kind of proves my point from the previous song. Because this was nice. This was nice to your ears. Mm -hmm. To me, no difference. No difference from the previous track, really. The rest of the song had more going for it. But if we're just talking about that distortion aspect, 
then I, I really see no difference between. Oh no, you're right. The, the last track was terrible because it was a terrible song. <laughs> the distortion for me just made it worse. Right. Well, the distortion also made this worse, but the rest of the song itself, not too bad. And there was a, a, a much higher level of complexity in this song as in the previous track. Yeah, this had a little bit more going for it. But to be honest, uh, complexity within a narrow framework, it didn't go anywhere. That was my problem. Uh, none of these songs went anywhere. Yeah, well, this is no different. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> no, that's definitely true. They kind of just peter off at the end and going, oh, we were going to write more, but I know nobody's listening anyway. You know, there really is not a single song on this album that has a complete structure front to back. But the, fa- the, the main thing that it has over that of Flying Lotus is that bigger sections of it actually yeah. exist. Flying Lotus repeated very, very small sections. Sound bites that lasted up to only a few seconds. This one repeats sections that last up to upwards of 30 seconds to a minute. And then you continue hearing that over and over again. So you have a longer time before you realize that you dislike it. Right. That's the problem. And a great example was Two Raging Two Cheers. Um, I felt like this song was, once again, emotionless. I wasn't connecting on any of that levels. Uh, I felt like going to sleep during it. Yep. Yeah, I felt sleepy. I was exhausted yeah. by the end. Well, there was the, something at the end that I coined as the bright tones. I liked it. It was these chimings that kept you coming love in that and out. Term, don't you? <laughs> no, it was it. It was like a little spark of something different, but it was fleeting. No, I I actually agree with you. It was a hundred percent. Oh my god. Well, we agree because we do we, tend to agree, at and time. we have good taste. Um, <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneeze. Anyway. These tones started coming towards the end, and I would have liked that throughout the song because they mix it up within those short periods. as 30 seconds uh, of music. They were changing it from more of a chime to more of a clearer bell to more of a synthesized bell and bringing yep. it back and forth. It was nice, and it worked within the framework of the song. But you already had two and a half, three minutes of this song that was just two and a half, three minutes of da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
You would. This song took... This song was... Okay, I know Steve's going to argue this. This song was the first two and a half minutes of random noise, and quite literally in my ears, random noise, into a, I have to say, piss-poor B section, which eventually had an airplane landing, and then all of a sudden we had this great song. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. No, why would I argue on that? That's exactly what I said and exactly <laughs> what I enjoyed about it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even comprehend. I think we've already unwittingly, the, the three of us, and maybe Mary will agree. I'm not sure if Mary will agree. Say what you're trying to say and maybe I will. Do well, what we'll you want to do. Um, we generally like our tracks fairly consolidated. As in, it begins, it makes sense front to end. The end of that track alone. We don't like when it departs and goes into something completely different, even if we did like both of them. It doesn't seem like in any review we've done so far, we've honestly enjoyed that. That's not true. What was that one track that had... It was the Surge Tankian one that went jazz. See, I don't I mean, know if that's, I, I, I I don't know if that's in the same uh, extreme um, that I'm talking about. Actually, okay, fine. I got the best one. Affection. Which halfway through the song... Not oh, even close. Com- Not even. No, re-listen to it. No, nope. it, it would changed. You, would... It's yeah, but it still makes sense to the beginning half. It's yes. not completely different. Steve's talking about A and B being different as day and night. Yeah, what you're talking about is an honest A section, B section, as songs should do. Oh, I you're said, going differently than chorus, I thought. Whatever. No, I'm talking about divorce. It's very hard right. to enjoy a song that is completely disconnected. But now here's one big example: a day in the life. We always go back to the Beatles, right? Oh, yeah. But a Day in the Life is two songs. And yeah. works. And it works. And sometimes I think we're a little bit too harsh against, uh, just, just, just kind of generally speaking, I think we're harsh against things that do appear divorced. Because, uh, obviously, they meant it to be this way. It's just I don't happen to enjoy it. Because There's a couple if of... We, if we don't enjoy one half as we do the other, that seems to... Uh, Oh, I can't think of the name of the song from We Were Dead Before the Ship Ever Sank uh, by Modest Mouse, that album. There's another yeah, example of a song that halfway through changes <clears throat> and is still solid. But the difference is yeah, in, no, those, there are, in yeah. those cases where it completely changes but it's still solid is because both parts still, I think they, they stand alone. They marry to each other in yeah. some sense. Yeah. yeah. Whereas stuff like this. But this was this was a six minutes of a terrible song and six minutes of a good song, of a really good song. That's the problem, is that... And you had when to sit through six minutes of terrible to get to the good. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. see. At this point in the skip. album, I didn't even want to. It's anyway. almost a matter of uh, laziness, because obviously you could just fast forward, but no, no, I want to pres- hey, hit next, and then I want my good song. Like, Well, it makes sense. Yeah. If I was going to use any of these songs in a mix, which, in the right setting, I, I can see using songs. And I would be able to use La Morte Blanche ending. But I would not be able to put it onto a, 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 a playlist or something like that. I'd have to edit it. Exactly. And I don't want to have to edit music. Cause that's, that's BS. That is complete BS. BS. If you feel like you're editing a song just to make it sound good, you're not yeah. listening to a good song. Or well, if you want to show someone a good song, you want to be, oh, just wait, just wait, just wait until the good part comes. It's coming. If you can say that for five seconds, that's one thing. If you have to say it for five minutes, you're doing something wrong. Obviously. So, what I was guess. that jet plane? What was that? That was the transition. Was the jet plane? Yeah, it was a jet plane taking off. And I, I, that stuff really pissed me. I had given up on the, um, not just the song but the album at that point because, as far as I'm concerned, I don't really like that. That's Revolution Nine material right there, and uh, I'm not a fan of Revolution Nine. I hate that song. Yeah, it's the only thing in the Beatles catalog which I can actually say that I hate. I think actually, that I hate that was song because of emotional connotations. Yeah, whatever see? reason it is, I it's simply not a good use of their talent. It, it's. I think that is the ultimate in pretension. It's to say that you can just throw together uh, really sporadic sounds. I'm I'm all for uh, you know computerized editing of real life sounds that are organized into a musical format, but Revolution Nine is utterly random. Yeah. I feel like uh, sound effects can be used in music very well, they but they have to be complements or accents. Like, there, there's a song by... I don't think a jet plane is a transition. I agree. There's a song um, by Sonata Arctica called Peacemaker that starts with this very orchestral kind of big start, and then it goes quiet, and you hear a shotgun cock, and then the guitars kick in. And it's very much accenting the song. It splits it up, but it's it's a flow that fits that song. I like that you accented accent. 
<laughs> it's interesting. The twelfth overture used cannons. Yeah, but that made sense. That no, made no, no. very much sense. No, no, sense. no. I'm saying that is the first record. Cannon. <laughs> no, no, no. That is the first recorded use of sound effects in music. Oh, so you were just giving us a fact. Yeah. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that <laughs> fact. I don't need to but know. But I'm, say, I'm saying that's that's the first, that's the oldest use I've ever heard of sound effects in music. Well, what is that's... this voice you're doing right now? <laughs> in music. Well, he, that's my he found out straight from the horse's mouth to your ears. <laughs> Did you just call John a horse? A little bit. <laughs> Point is, it's relative. Can we agree on that? Yes. Has that come to some sort of consensus? And let's start yeah. as con- actually, let's come to a consensus on this album. I'll start. Okay. There are some good things here. But I feel like most of these tracks... Here's how I explained it off air. With a generic song, your standard song makeup, I feel like there's three parts. Your foundation is setting up a beat to the song, uh, a flow, a timing to the music. Your top part is what intricacies you're going to infuse within it. The guitar work and vocal work tends to be those intricacies. Um, And in the middle, in the middle that marries the two together... It's a blend of both, and I felt like this whole album was just a blend of both, with no true bass and no true intricacies around it. Okay, but you started to explain that earlier, and I gotta disagree with you a little bit there, because that is running on the assumption that a good song is only that. No, I'm saying a standard song. A standard song. Yes. But this is obviously not a standard album. Oh, definitely not. a standard band. So, a standard remix artist. But they took out... I feel like they cut out the foundation and the intricacies at the same time. And but my just point left is, with... you're, you're, you're saying from that description that you just had, where you have to have vocals, for instance. I don't think you have to have vocals. No, I'm just saying it be... I, it's an example. It's an example. All right. Uh, um, with, with a generic rock song. That's how the formula goes. I understand that. I'm just saying it's a bit of a mood example. Because that's simply not applicable here yeah but i'm trying to explain how i feel like this music was designed it's designed to bridge two noises and there's nothing it's bridging it felt too divorced from itself it felt like it felt shallow for the most part these songs felt shallow they they really didn't do a hard look on most of the setup and it's just too repetitive well i think uh and this is a little bit of a bold statement but um I'm not going to say this 100%, but I think that on the surface, I think there's something a little bit shallow about remixes. I think remixes can be done very, very well, but it, it does take away the purity a little bit. And I'm not saying anything for the for the core music here. You said that you were the only one who's listened to the original material, so you're the only one who could speak to the original material. But even so, the stuff that I did not like tended to be the remix stuff, the remix material. That's that was the core of the problem. I in this specific case I might agree, but remixing in general is designed to bring out something different in songs. But I think that's more in the individual song. Like for instance, if you heard any one of these by itself, it might actually stand up better than in an album. The course of an album really is what wears. Well, like like you said, I'm the only one that listened to both, and I have to say there were songs in here I well, liked better. Why don't you describe the differences then? The main difference oh, is I haven't listened the original to the other track. one enough to really be able to go point by point. Mm. But there were songs like White Noise, I found, was much better than the original form. While Rhino Pano, I found, was better in the first uh, remix that they did on this album, track two. Oh, no. It was and better that... as a remix than as an original form. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and Those also, are two can, you, can you even describe what the. Uh, Actually, no, I've already replaced it with the new one. Rhino Pano. Second track, Rhino Pano, seventh track? Oh, um, Rhino Pano, second track was an actual song, while Rhino Pano, seventh track, number seven, was one of the tones distorted and turned into a monstrosity of mutation and sadness. And based on what of the original track? I have no idea. <laughs> see, at that point, I don't even get what they're doing here. I don't see why they need to do that. I'm serious. I, I, you know what? I'm, I agree. But let's get back to the fact that I was given my rating. <laughs> Two. It's nice 
at parts, just way too long to truly listen to. And I ha I'll say this: this is an album that I feel like is best listened to passively. And you, you're in the car, you're driving around, you have it in the background. Actually, worked great when I was driving down here the other day. But I there's not enough. I'm not going to come back to it. There's not enough for me to specifically put it on. If it's on the radio, radio, I won't change it necessarily. But I ain't going to keep it if I don't have to. And really, so much of it, over half the songs, I felt were just bad. Purely bad songs. So, mm. two. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to kick it up a little bit higher than you, because I still think there were some really creative things here. And uh, I do favor creativity. But, just think, because, because I gave Flying Lotus something like a 3.2 at the time... <laughs> And, I'm serious, there's a lot of pluses and minus when it comes to this type of material. Uh, the big minus, of course, is repetition. I can't stand when anything, whether it's good or bad, I can't stand with anything, repeats over and over and over. But, eh, even that's a little bit of a stretch. When the right thing is repeated over and over, I think, it, 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 if it lends itself to some theme, some emotion, then I think it can bring something good out in the album. But the only case where I actually see that being done here is Mexican Grand Prix. Repetition lended itself to something that was elevated. The rest of it, I just, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of it. Um, and Rano Pano was not, was probably the my favorite track, uh, or at least half of it. And Rano Pano wasn't repetitious at all. So obviously that's going to be my main thing here. Uh, repetition really, really hurts it so that it actually is going to end up below what Flying Lotus was, because Flying Lotus had a more scattered array of creativity here, whereas this was just so. I'm going to put this in the high twos, 2.75. I thought we only gave you one decimal point. No. I, I go by increments. Have... Increments now. I'm an increment guy. Quarters of full integers. Oh, thank God. Yeah, quarters are better than what it was doing before. Yeah, unless you're in like the four point eight. Like if you know. okay, if you get I have actually no, you're right. I have done nine, uh, point nines at some point because sometimes you it is fair to say something is just shy, just shy of a certain uh, of a certain requirement. But I don't think this is this doesn't quite make it up to two point nine for me because I cannot say this is just shy of average. I think it was poorly done. Okay. On the whole, I would not seek out this album on my own. I would never look for it. I would never say, hey, let me listen to that album, but I can't remember the name of it all already. Uh, Arranged Viral Lore. Like, I would never look for this. If it were on at a party, I wouldn't care. Mostly, I wouldn't be listening. So, it wouldn't bother me. Too many songs made me anxious or tired. It was too long. But that being said, there were some positive moments. I liked Mexican Grand Prix, and I liked the first half of Rano Pano, track two. And I wish the songs had connectivity to the titles. We didn't really discuss that, but titles are really important to me because I'm a writer. When something needs a title, it should there be needs to be a connection to it. So only one, two songs I felt had connectivity. Um, White Noise and Mexican Grand Prix. Those are the only two. So I give this a two. Okay, this album. So, for me, first I'm just going to start with this. I'd rather re-listen to Dose. I'd rather re-listen to Dose. I'd rather re-listen to Uno. And I'll tell you why. I, oh, totally. Can have to disagree. You don't have to agree. It's my rating. Fair, let enough, me explain, fair enough. Let me explain why. At least one song on Dose, I related to, I connected to, I felt something from. This whole album was completely empty for me. There were moments that I enjoyed, and maybe if Rano Pano had actually been a consistent and complete track with what I liked, instead of dropping in the middle somewhere, that would have brought it up to the same level as Dose. And now I'll, I'll say that, was it more original than Dose? Of course, absolutely. I mean, there's no comparison that way. There's more originality, but, but the reality of it is, is I just don't get it, this album. I don't. I mean, it is an interesting thing, because uh, we're pretty much uh, isolating what the issue is right now. I'm definitely favoring... I mean, we're, our, 
What was the rating you get? Did you give a rating yet? A number? No. For this, not yet. I have not. He didn't get to it yet. Hmm? No. I was Shoot still explaining. The reason I would go back to Dose over this, not that I ever want to go back to Dose in a million years either, is because Dose, at least, I got it. I didn't like it, but I got it. They were try- They either were or weren't, but they were achieving this genericness that, whether that's what they were striving for or not, there was this clear genericness in that album that was clear and apparent. On this record, most of the songs lost me halfway through. Some of them I was completely bored within the first 30 seconds. You know, there were a few songs that I really liked, like Rano Pano, Track 2, um, you know, Letters to the Metro, uh, I loved, and and Mexican Grand Prix. But beyond that, I didn't love the entire songs in any capacity. All of them, I eventually got bored. They were too long, and they didn't keep me hooked. So, I can't even imagine rating it higher than than what I gave uh, Green Day. And since both Green Day albums were both 2.5s, this one's a 2.5 also for me. It's just, there's stuff I liked, so it, I want to rate it higher than Green Day, but there's also not enough consistency for me to get it. And there was no emotional connection on this album for me whatsoever, except at the very end. The very end, that part that we've all discussed that we loved, that we had to six, wade through six minutes of crap to get to Mm. I didn't care at that point it's too little too late just like the Green Day album Green Day album the only good track was the last track on that album in mine and Steve's eyes when we reviewed it it's the opposite of the good bits were too fleeting the good bits were too long and stopped being good they turned sour so I give this a 2.5 it's on the same level as Green Day for totally different reasons yeah it is a matter of because I could never put this up with no doubt because at least the No Doubt album, which was a bass three, you know, the, the Hoobastank album, which was a bass three, uh, Papa Roach, which was a bass three. No, don't, no Doubt actually had a lot going for it in terms of uh, they actually brought the reggae side out of them and, and introduced something else. It showed evolution is, as a band and several the, other These bands and those albums showed something that I was intrigued by and would listen to again. And where is this? I just, I don't get it. It's just not for me. And it could be heavily influenced on my personal taste. It's possible. But I like my fair share of ambient stuff, too, that builds properly. And this one was just, like I said, most of the time I was bored with these tracks long before they were over. So it gets a 2.5 from me. Yeah, considering and, yours was a 2.5 minus a 2.75, and they're really not that far off. The only thing that I was going to say earlier is that um, I think the main difference here is... A uh, matter of valuing creativity over completeness, or vice versa. You value completeness, I think, more so. And that really is a fair comment. I mean, completeness is is so important. Uh, it's a matter of where I'm coming from. I just right. I, I like the I like the hope that is entailed in something new and original. But I so feel like, I feel like when that's that's the sliver of difference between that five and seven point seven five. But also for me, I think that completeness, the 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 hope that you get from the creativity being crushed by it disappearing or being drawn out totally is more painful to me than a song just not you know than the other you know it's just uh, the only thing is i think that's a little bit rough because that 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 sort of um the risks that are entailed there are how we get new wonderful things i agree it's bound to fail at moments so i feel that it's just not harsh yeah, enough to I, judge people that, uh, that see, tried I, but i agree if they tried and only failed in a few places but when the whole album is a failure, except for one or two shining moments, it's too much. I agree with you. If people, we won't get new things unless people experiment. But usually, when people experiment, well, it's not I, a complete. There was failure. something for me, even if it was just minimal. There was something that I found uh, beneficial in each and every song here. Something. Some songs much, much more than others, and other songs barely enough. Well, then that's probably the big difference. Is most of these songs had nothing redeeming because something ruined it for me. Yeah. Whether it was Rano Pano's Hard Shift or uh, pure the uh, Letters to Metro going on way too long. You know what the other thing is, though? Effort. Like, I actually feel like th- a lot of time was put in to make it this way. It may not be something that I particularly enjoy, but I feel that Green Day did dose in a day or two. It's possible. You know, they, they're under the same format, so it's a matter of like cut and pasting their uh, format that they know they're good at. They know they sold albums that way. 
So yeah. it, it could be true. It might not. I mean, it's really hard to say what it takes people to make stuff like this. I mean, this was all done on a computer, probably. So well, with this, with Green Day's discography, I, I should know. I should think that they know their their format by now. But they There's don't. No because, danger of losing it. But they don't know their format. We talked about that because that's why American Idiot and and Twenty First Century Breakdown skyrocketed up, and the two albums we've listened to fell in the crap because they're not sticking to this format that they perfected they went back to their roots which are horrible <laughs> now they're horrible now right horrible now <laughs> that's an unfair way to put it if they're horrible they're horrible no they yeah. are horrible yeah. now because you, the can, time you can you can different. you can make concessions to say that an album isn't i mean uh, that a band has not matured there's a bright-eyed earnest nature on their original oh, albums bull. no no I listen you know. have to die dude go back listen to the lyrics listen to the lyrics i am not i'm not one for angsty music i would not have liked it then i'm telling you not all of it's angsty but a, a lot, lot of, of it, it is. is a lot of it is yeah well it was for a nostalgic time Anyway, now that we got this now that we got pause. this uh, depression out of our, our out of the way, it's we're gonna talk about way. something I came up with, and I came up with this when I was looking at uh, uh, what's it called? It was on YouTube, and we talked about them already today. I was looking at Flying Lotus, and I came across the video for Putty Boy Strut. One of the only redeeming tracks on the record. And, I, well, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I enjoyed the nature to it. I watched the video, and it was astounding. It was amazing. And it just proved a point that I had already been forming in my mind about this album. Some music needs a visual component. And I think some music cannot exist without a, a visual component. And this is a very, very interesting topic, because I'm so on the fence here. On one hand, I'd say that you're probably right. Like, there, I think that for some people, at least, music needs a visual component in order to really have it achieve its art. I think that some music is uh, inherently uh, impressionistic, but maybe not in the old-fashioned sense of the term. I think that it's meant to bring certain images to mind, right? Now, if you can do that independently... That's great. Just by listening to the audio, you are able to get the synesthetic uh, experience of, of having a vision as well. But others, I think it really needs to be spoon-fed to you. And I think in, in the case of John, that was a good example. Well, the best example of one that didn't need to be spoon-fed at all was Muse. When we, first, when we all listened to uh, well, uh, Knights of Sidonia... We describe the video word for word to having not ever seen it. Ah, but that's ob that's it's that's an obvious thing, right? Like that that. Well, I'm saying that's the any, opposite. Almost end. anybody knows what a, what a Western motif is, right? But that's what I'm saying is that's the other end of the spectrum. Some are right. so far removed that you need that image spoon fed you, and others they're exactly. so well designed in a different way that you just get the image without any help. Exactly. But I I, I do differ with John on this one point. I mean he. It may have been such for him in the case of, uh, what was that track again? Putty Boy Strut. <coughs> Putty Boy Strut. Now that has actually was my favorite on the original as well, on the original album. But the thing is, I already had sort of a vision in my mind. Now it's oh. not to say that the, that the, that the video like overtook that or, or, or took it away. It just gave me something different. So it did what a video, a music video is supposed to do. It, it, it sort of is, is a supplement. It doesn't really make it better or worse. I actually have an example to go with this. I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. Um, Christina Aguilera. You're beautiful. That song repeats the same words over and over and over. And listening to it, I want to drip the radio out of wherever it is and bash it against the wall. But the video is astounding. But the video is gorgeous. And it makes so much more sense when you're connected to the video because it shows you... So many different people and so many different walks of life and shows you where you can find beauty. Yeah. And that's lovely. But I hate listening to the song. I can never just listen to the song. Yeah, no, Maya, I, I, I agree that it, it, it's probably, I'm just sure there's examples where it's actually occurred with me. I just think it sometimes does depend on the person. Um, I got some. I got some. Because I know we talked about this off air and probably on air and this is something that Matt brought up a while ago. 
and I want you both to answer me honestly. <clears throat> the Doc Ock theme from Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Can you visualize the, the, the scene that In we the were movie. talking about? Yeah. You can easily visualize the scene. Yes. Can you hear the music? At the moment? At the moment. I can, yeah, sure. I know exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I can't at the moment. Okay. That proves one point to me, but you can visualize the scene, right? Yes, I... You know, this goes back to something that I've said before, that I think a lot of uh, action movie music is a little bit rehashed. Like, yeah, when I hear it, then I'll be able to picture it. But it doesn't really work the opposite way around. You can picture it, but you can't hear it. Yeah. Okay. That's that's one point I wanted to make. A, a lot of times it's hard to connect that. A to B when you have it B to A. And Matt, I'm... Do you think you can divorce the music from the scene? No, absolutely not. There's my point, too. And that's a problem also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because there's some music that... Can you picture the Star Wars theme without the credits scrolling up? Oh, definitely not. No. Exactly. It's hard to actually divorce, especially when you've seen the video first. Because it's your experience with it. But it's... uh, I think some music... And some scores is a scores are a great example with this. It's hard to get a score and make the score good without linking it to its visual elements. Because I recently well, rewatched I recently uh, rewatched the newest Spider Man movie, which I love, except for one scene and and we won't get into that. <laughs> but I love thoroughly enjoy the musical score from that movie because it sets the stage perfectly. And I can't remember any of it without the movie. I think it's okay to associate it, though. I mean, that just only because you brought up Star Wars before. You're trying to say that uh, I couldn't listen to the Star Wars track alone? No, I'm not sure saying that. Come, sure, the words, the scrolling words come to mind, but I, I, I can lose myself in that soundtrack. But do you think you could do it without Scroll. knowing it as Star Wars? Like, if you had heard it for the first time. I, could you I, separate I, them? Uh... Again, you're saying separating versus enjoying it alone. I could definitely enjoy... If I heard that for the first time without the movie association, yes, I still would have enjoyed it. I think it's a fantastic piece of music. Fantastic, by every stretch. And that's because... The association just adds the uh, the pop culture element. And I feel like so many people and a lot of music does not allow that. A lot of music that's used in visual media does not allow itself to be divorced from the visual media. I'm getting really professor today. Well, that's like that's like deep. Sh- you have been you have been leading the conversation for the last few minutes. I know. I'm, I'm a little bit. Impressed. Sometimes there's a reason for that. They want the music to make you think of those visuals, like in commercials. They want you to hear a certain sound and think, "Oh, hey, I really want a cheeseburger." Right if now. I say "like a rock," what do you think of? Mountains. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Ford. <laughs> Ford's been using Like a Rock in their commercials for ages. So, you you know, hearing yeah, the one line. Yeah, it works with sound bites, too. Well, I think... actually, I went to Queen where she's a brick house and all that sort of stuff because I replaced that commercial with Queen. <coughs> That's fair. I but, think of Freddie Mercury. But I think for me, the, the more important thing that I want to talk about is I'm not sure I'm okay with music existing like, like this whole. That requires it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm torn on that because I don't want to be one of those people that go, oh, it's not art. Or, hup, hup, hup. Like that's not me, but just the same. Yeah, you've never said hup, hup, hup. But if I have to, if someone you. has to tell me, oh, this song will be great once you watch the video, even though I hated it without it, then it's just not good music. But on the other hand, some things require visual aid so i'm so torn on it again i'm so on the fence with this uh with this point here because yeah. on one hand you have an, uh, you have a, a great point I, I i don't think music needs it but it's relative depending upon the person that is listening right and i think that on some occasions that a visual aid would be the tool to bring one person over from one genre to another to cross that bridge because otherwise, they're never going to associate that with right. anything. They're going to associate it as something they don't like, they don't relate with, they can't get together emotionally with, even though another person could be, you know, in tears over the same exact thing. 
And believe me, there's plenty of electronic uh, buffs out there who would probably just lose it over uh, Flying Lotus and uh, this album today. But, just saying, it, it is relative. No, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's they, a lot of they, they would adore it for it in its own right. They don't need the visual aid, right. Right, but someone else might. But on in this, other words, it's just a gap bridger. That's it. But on the uh, on the same token, going back to the whole Star Wars conversation we just had, so the new Lord of the, the new Hobbit soundtrack. I've already professed many times that I love it. I think it's great, and you know there are songs on it that I love. However, there the one song that I chose is one of my favorite songs, which was the uh, the Misty Mountain song. I can't divorce that from the movie. Every time I hear the song, I picture the dwarves in Bilbo's house singing that song. However, the rest of the soundtrack, when I listen to it in the car, I don't picture the movie. Sometimes I'll picture, you know, the sweeping landscape scenes that, that um, what's-his-name is known for, Peter Jackson, you know, them running across the field and stuff. But beyond that, I don't picture specific scenes. So basically, that soundtrack is to you what some of this stuff might be to an electronic event. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the... the... We all have these boundaries between us, and I just think, uh, you know, if you ever want to share something with someone, I don't think it's, I don't think it should be insulting to say, oh, well, maybe you should just listen to this segment first. Because sometimes, even just the smallest little thing, the segment of a song, a little instrument here or there, you'll be able to make a connection in your mind, whether it's to something that you already have listened to and you already love, and you'll just hear that little gap bridger, then you'll be able to see the new piece of music in a new light. I gotta go back to something you keep saying, this word you keep using. Electronica. I like electronica. I'm a big fan of quality electronica. Alright. And I don't see the general electronica masses enjoying this. No, I, to be honest, not I without, do I. Not without visuals. I could, right. and I will actually now enjoy... Uh, a well, couple of songs from the Flying Lotus album. Not just one, but a couple. When it came to Putty Boy I, Strut... When it came to Putty Boy Strut, to be honest, uh, I'm telling you that I'm that Electronica fan that liked that on its own, didn't need the visual aid, but loved it just the same with it. Don't get me wrong, the visual aid was amazing. For anybody out there, please check it out. It's, the video it's was great. astounding, but it's not necessary to the song. I could get some of those visuals already. That was The, the robotic same... feel was very apparent in that song. That, that, that's exactly. Yeah, I, I get that. But I mean, I think this is one of those topics that can kind of run in circles forever because a lot of it, a lot of it really comes down to personal opinion. We are going to repeat the word relativity. Like, yeah, over and over. it's very important to this. Um, but I think that. Yeah. But that's what we're, no, what we're arguing is whether it should be a matter of, uh, you know, exactly your point before that should a visual, just because something needs a visual age, that destroy the song's reputation or not? I I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it's hard to say because for me, again. Flying Lotus is an album I thought was atrocious. Fair enough. As a whole, yeah, I agree. So, the one or two videos we watched that were, I thought were very good didn't really save anything for me. Yeah. But that's because, also, when it comes to music, I'm very much about the music. Not everything else. The high concept. The No, that's exactly what I Everything actually. else. I mean, like, I like The Who as much as the next guy, but a lot of people didn't like Tommy. Because they just thought it was... So reliant on this story and this structure, whereas other people loved it just the same regardless. The original idea for this topic was something completely different. <laughs> you know, I don't. I think wanted so. to talk based on what you were talking about. I think we're. I actually wanted to talk about <laughs> active versus passive listening, and how I felt like this oh, album well, you lended. Said it, that. Damn, how this <laughs> album. Well, we got into a nice discussion. We'll probably save this for like next week or something yeah. like that, well, or the following week. Or something like that. Yeah, we got to do a, a discussion about active versus passive listening. Well, give us an intro to that while we are at it. Well, I feel like this is a passive album. It's a properly listened to album when you're not paying full attention to it. So you don't, that, that's you don't, true. You don't pick out the problems in it. Well, I feel like something like Search Tanking, you have to actively listen to to really enjoy it. Because you'll it miss most of the album if you don't listen to Perfect. Perfect example. So we'll talk about that at a later date. Um, Moving forward, um, big announcement for next week's show. We're going to have back the Wall Street Players. They're going to be joining us, and they have recommended an album for us to choose to listen to. It's uh, quite a bit older, but it's a band that they apparently favor very much and think would be a great discussion of topic. Um, the name of the band is The Paper Chase, and it's their album Hide the Kitchen Knives. Um, this is being brought to us by the Wall Street Players, who will be here next week. Um, we'll hopefully get to talk to them about the progress of their new album. 
Um, and if Which they, I've heard good things. Yes. We've, um, we've, we've heard gotten a some few new songs, but I've talked to Alon recently, and they're very far along with You it. mean future money? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> um, I've heard it both ways. But and before, in this case, that's true. Uh, but, no, they, they seem to be just a... <sighs> culminating in somewhere between like well, 8 and 12 tracks which is well, a legit album their demo is their demo is very good but clearly a demo they're clearly better with production now because the samples we've heard and when we saw them live was it a demo or an EP? EP it was an EP but it had a kind of demo quality yeah. you know it was good but the new tracks sound so much better because it was kind of like it. it was kind of like if like three guys were just standing around a mic at a table trying to rap along with it it was kind of it, it was a lot like us but music <laughs> <laughs> But before we go, um, I would like Steve to uh, indulge us with another wonderful fan email. Because uh, yes. it wouldn't be a show without it. So we can close on that since I've now announced our album for next week. And that's a little roundabout and you're super explaining. Yeah, oh, you're feeling a little under the weather. His nose is all bright red. I'm going to punch John in the face repeatedly. Oh, come on. I've threatened you that like five times tonight. Anyways, take it, Steve. Oh, oh please Maybe tell, he's a reindeer. tell them why John has threatened oh, to punch shush. <laughs> Oh, because he doesn't... He, since his name is spelled J-O-N, we've been calling him Jan, Jan Saunders. Saunders. <laughs> and he hates it. It's almost Yay. as bad. Almost as bad as when people see J-O-N and say Jonathan. Because I'm not Jonathan. No, you'd be Jonathan. <laughs> 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 Anyway. And our spam mail of today. <clears throat> Lasting end results which not purely add hue. By Canada Goose Jacket. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank you for that. Wait, Canada can you Goose please jacket. repeat that? <clears throat> Lasting end results which not purely add hue. I feel like T.S. Eliot should get on this. Yeah. yeah. It's got that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And on that bombshell, we'll wrap up. Thank you guys. As always, we have the donate button on the website. Feel free to help us make this thing bigger and better. Um, email us your suggestions for reviews in the future, comments, questions, all that stuff. Thanks, guys. See you next week. And music is life. And, and life, life is, is good. good.